all won't be stuck in my way of spending my days doing every little thing the way I always done it, done it before. I, oh, 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 oh. Cause when that voice appears, I got the ears to hear, I got the hands to do, and the soul to say yes for sure. Oh, oh, oh. Because soul is like a song that you sing, you can put it in your pocket, but it's still the real thing, leading where we've never been before. Open the door. And hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's Yes And podcast, The Weekly Yap. I am your host, Travis Thomas, also the creator of Live Yes And. So thanks so much for tuning in this week. Episode 36, very excited with musician and artist Alex Cook, who will be joining us from Boston, Massachusetts. And he goes in-depth into his own vulnerability, his own fears and inspiration in how he has worked through, uh, through being an artist in a public venue and a ton of inspiration there. So I uh, uh, really enjoyed my conversation today with Alex Cook, which we'll be diving into here in a second. Just a couple of quick reminders that uh, my book, Three Words for Getting Unstuck, Live Yes And, is coming out next week, June 1st. You can pre-order your copy right now on Amazon Kindle for $5.99. And that ebook again, will come out next Wednesday, June 1st. Again, three words for getting unstuck, live, yes, and. So really excited about that. And hey, if you end up buying multiple copies for family and friends, I am not going to be disappointed by that. I won't tell anyone either. And so feel free to share and to share liberally. Yes, thanks so much. also want to give a nice shout out to Everyone who came out and supported the Jove Comedy Saturday night here in Jupiter, probably our last show for a couple of months as we roll into summer, but a sold-out show, and we had a ton of fun in Jupiter at the Performing Arts Academy of Jupiter, and uh, Frank, Jesse, and I, just super grateful for all of the support for the Jove for a really productive and fun uh, and growing year for the Jove, and uh, excited as we move into the summer. So again, you can always follow my event page on my website where I post our upcoming Jove shows as well. And again, uh, make sure you check me out, Live Yes And, that is at Live Yes And on social media and liveyesand.com on, uh, on the internet. So let's get into Alex Cook today, today's guest. Again, he is a musician who has multiple albums. He is an artist who has recently really gotten into mural projects and he has a, a project called the You Are Loved Project, where he creates uh, different murals in schools, even in prisons, in different public spaces around some of this language. You are beautiful. You are loved. And uh, he shares the inspiration behind that. Just an amazing guy. Uh, make sure you click on my links uh, on the, uh, the blog pages here, the podcast pages, for links to his work. And I'm just really grateful that Alex took the time to sit down for this week's Weekly Yap. So without further ado, here's Alex. And right now, I'd like to welcome Alex Cook all the way from Boston, Massachusetts, who is joining us today. Alex, good morning. Morning. So, Alex, you are, uh, we were talking a little bit before the interview started. Uh, you've got a project that you're working on currently. Can you tell, uh, tell everyone what project that is? Sure, yeah. I'm a mural painter, and uh, <clears throat> I'm working on a mural in a, in a restaurant bar where uh, it's my job to take these three like six by 12 foot panels that are set into the wall and make it look like you are 
looking from the bar into uh, an old mill space. The bar is set in a 19th century mill, uh, and they want it to look like uh, you're in the old past of the of the building. Very cool. And now, again, um, uh, working on working on murals and and, and painting murals. Is this is this an area of art that you sort of aspired to? How how did you get into sort of being sort of mural specific? If that's if, yeah. that, if that's even correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is. Um, I've been painting murals for for nineteen years now, um, and it began for a very specific reason. I was I was uh, graduating from college. I had always felt very clear that I wanted to be an artist, uh, but as the time came that it was that I was going to be you know shucked out into the real world, uh, I was really concerned and scared about how do I have my images have some kind of interaction with people. Um, I had had some shows here and there and, and had gone to galleries and showed my portfolio and it always felt rotten. It always felt terrible, um, to be showing my, my images, these things that I love so, so much. And then, uh, to just basically be rejected over and over again. Uh, and, and I also thought, you know, who even goes into a gallery? Like, like half of a half of a percent of the people of the world are going to go into this gallery and see, see my work. And it all felt very depressing. Um, and, uh, one, you know, I don't remember exactly when it was. It was the summer before my final semester of college. I just had this idea of, uh, if I could get my images onto a wall, if I could paint, a, paint my image as a mural as opposed to as a canvas, then there's nothing could stop me from communicating with an audience. Mm. Um, and that felt, it felt kind of like this, this silver bullet of like beating the system in a way uh, <laughs> where, where I could skip the middleman of the gallery and... Uh, you know, if I could get somebody to let me paint on their wall, then I could make the most beautiful thing in the world because I knew I could do that. I had a lot of confidence in my ability to make something beautiful, uh, but 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 the missing piece was how do I connect with an audience? Um, and so I thought, you know, if I can make a mural, then then all the pieces will fit. Uh, and so I began to seek that out in my in my last semester of college, and and uh, it worked beautifully, and I became addicted quickly. Now tell us, Alex. Uh, again, I, I read this article uh, that you wrote shortly, uh, and I'll, I'll post a link of it uh, in the uh, the online post that people can read it itself. But tell us a little bit about when you got hired to to paint that first mural, and you're all excited about it, and uh, and and you're you were gripped with this sense of fear. Tell us about that, and then how you worked through it was was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so I have my first my first mural location. Uh, it's on a main thoroughfare in the town that I live, Northampton, Massachusetts. Um, and I was I was real psyched. I was ready to go, and I was you know out there on day one with my my sketch in hand, and I I went to begin to put the brush on the wall, and like you said, I, I just this enormous grip of fear uh, surrounded me um, that. You know, this was this was public. This was the first time ever that I was taking this these this idea, which is basically you know my my most intimate favorite thing is my artistic ideas, which until then I had always been made in the privacy of a studio, and I had not really 
known how big of a difference it was until I went to put the brush on the wall and I realized, you know, hundreds of people as they drive by, as they walk by, are going to see me. And if I fail, um, it's going to be a very public failure. Right. Um, and that was just absolutely terrifying. It went straight to, straight to my most uh, maybe sensitive place of like, am I good or am I bad? Um, because if, you know, I've got a lot riding on my art in terms of my identity. Sure. Uh, I, I felt like I did. Um, so I found that I, I literally was too afraid to actually begin. Um, so in that, in that moment, uh, I, as I felt that fear, I turned inward because I felt so sure that I was doing what was right for me. I really felt like I had been, been, you know, it was, it was a substantial process of prayer and listening and desire and all sorts of good things that had led me to that moment. And I really felt like I was there for good reasons like I was on my path but then here I was like not able to do it so I, I turned inward and I and I just basically reached out inwardly um, and, and and asked the question you know what what do I do uh, I feel like I'm in the right place how do I proceed right um, and I just kind of listened and waited and 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 prayed and Pretty quickly, uh, I got an, a new idea that I hadn't had before, um, which kind of turned the situation on its head, which was basically it's not about how they perceive you. Hmm. It's, it's about your opportunity to give a gift to them, uh, right. which was, it, you know, it, it turned the whole, it turned my my way of seeing it around completely because I, the, the fear, anytime I feel fear, I know that it's like, I'm feeling scared for myself instead of thinking about the real reason why I'm there to do whatever it is I'm there to do. Um, and this was like a refocusing on, I have an opportunity, an opportunity that I've never had before to reach more people than I've ever reached before. Um, and so it was, it was really that, that refocusing of it's actually not about how they perceive you. Just don't even, don't even think that that's what it's about. Um, and as that idea landed in me, the fear kind of, kind of dissipated pretty quickly. And I found it was, what was left was this enormous excitement to like, make the most of this opportunity, which of course is the best possible scenario when you're beginning something new, beginning a project. Um, and it happened pretty quickly, but I can't, the, 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 the transformation that happened was so big for me. Um, just refocusing from myself to the community was just enormous, and I went on and had a had a really wonderful experience uh, making that first mural, and fell in love with the process, and you know learned a thousand things uh, that set me on my 
trajectory of being a muralist that I've done for the last 20 years. What I love about about that that shift that you talk about is, and I I, I can't even fathom how, how difficult it must be. I mean, because I remember reading the article, and, and it never had dawned on me, especially for a muralist, is that you are you are physically creating your masterpiece um, with everyone who is able to watch the entire process, and how that how rare that is for an artist. To yeah. to to let people sort of behind the curtain or into the studio as they are creating their piece of art, it's a lot easier, I would think, to to make a ton of mistakes uh, in the privacy of your own home. But to yeah. for people to see the beginning of it, the middle of it, the the parts where they don't really get what you're doing or why is he doing <laughs> that, you know? And it's yeah. like no, you're like, hold on, hold on, just 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 wait till the finish. Um, and, and how how vulnerable that must be to you as an artist. It's true. Um, I think I don't know about other other muralists, but I know for myself, I, I have a bit of an exhibitionist streak in me, <laughs> um, and I, I mean that. I, I, I really mean that. As I've as I've gone over the years, I've realized that that one thing I love to actually do is tell my story, and that that really influences my art and it influences my art making style. Um, a few years into my pursuing, you know, being a muralist, it, it began to dawn on me that, that, you know, making the picture is really only half of my job here. Or if I'm willing to take the larger job, there's a larger job for me and it's to be a representative. It's to be a teacher. It's to be a communicator. It's to be a, someone who will have a conversation on the street corner with someone who wants to have that conversation. So it has this, it grew for me into this whole social aspect where, yes, I am making a picture and I am trying to make the most pure, beautiful, wondrous picture that I can. But being out in public where people are seeing the process uh, and it's something that's novel to them and it's something that's interesting to them, I realized I have this whole other power if I'm willing to take it, which I was, um, to help people understand more about art, mm. to just be a friendly, uh, soulful presence in that neighborhood for the time while I'm working there. Um, and because of that, I just have countless conversations Right. when I'm outside working. And, and it feels like a powerful piece of the art. You know, the, the art for me grows out of love and wonder you know those are the two big things and but but it goes it can those two things can can go right into those conversations just as easily as they can go into the image making so my my sense of myself as a power as a powerful artist grew a lot um as i was willing to step into that larger responsibility yeah, and how often do you get a chance to to dialogue with with an artist uh, as they're actually creating their 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 piece? Uh, yeah, and and to have you know not and to and to have a certain sense of input. I, I, I imagine from these you know the people in the community who would stop and you know want to inquire about uh, what you're working on and the inspiration and and uh, and I have to imagine that even this, those conversations alone were sort of uh, creatively stimulating for you as well. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know that they really like influence the specific images that I'm sure. working on, but they really influence my, my love of being there. 
you know, as a muralist, you you don't have absolute control over the canvas like you do in your studio. Um, you you by definition are working on somebody else's wall. You're working in a place where you probably don't live, but the people who are walking by you do. So they have a vested interest in how their neighborhood looks. Right. So in a lot of ways, I'm a visitor, and I, I try to be very respectful and affectionate to the the residents, the building owner, the local businesses, the whole thing. Like I want my presence in that neighborhood to not just make a good picture, but I want people to say, I'm so glad he came, you know, uh, that, that it was fun when he was here making that mural. Um, because that's part of the power that, I mean, that anybody has when they're anywhere basically. But, but, uh, I, when I have those conversations with people walking by, I want them to feel I want them to, I want those conversations to feel great and when they do, which they often do, uh, it makes me love my my job that much more because because I because I love these specific people that I've had conversations with and that goes into the making of the mural. Right. Right. And again, I, I love how you talked about how you worked through that fear uh, uh, and that sense of almost sort of shifting, shifting from a, from the how am I being perceived yeah. to giving a gift. And it actually reminds me there's there's a great video out there uh, by the comedian Michael Jr. And he shares about how his shift as a comedian happened when he used to go on stage as a comedian, as most comedians would do. I have a little bit of experience with that. And, and you're thinking to yourself, how am I going to get laughs? I need to yep. get I need to get laughs from the audience. And his shift was I'm not I'm not getting laughs. My my opportunity is to give pe- is to give people the opportunity to laugh. Yeah. And, yep. and, and making it about them compared to making it about ourselves and, and, and as an artist, how. You know, just again, when you when you said earlier how, you know, it feels that our identity is attached to our work, how how scary and naked that can be. Absolutely. And and by by contrast, it's kind of it maybe is more naked to be transparent, but it feels very safe. Uh, you know, the, the the more the more I think about the, the community as I'm working, I'm still completely naked. I make mistakes all the time in murals. You know, it's very normal to me to make mistakes, but I don't feel I don't feel naked at all. Um, it's just it's just how it is. I don't feel vulnerable, um, and to me that that is a very telling a very telling thing that you know nothing has changed in terms of. Can they see me make mistakes? Yes, they see me make mistakes all the time, but but I feel very safe. And can you talk about that a little bit more, Alex? Just, just the idea itself of of making mistakes. Here you are creating a piece in a public space. You notice you make a mistake. You notice it. How do you work through that? What's your process? How do you um, how do you reconcile that as an artist? Yeah. Um, well, you know, for, for a few, I used to, uh, 
teach and direct a mural painting program for teenagers about 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, and at the beginning, when I was working with these students, we, you know, we would prime our wall, uh, we would make our sketch on the wall, and then I would say, okay, everybody come over here, and I would take a big brush full of red paint, and I would make a big slash across the middle of our pristine sketch um, to show that, like, you can make a very obvious mistake but the paint will dry and five minutes later we can paint right over it and it'll be gone. <laughs> right. Um, and I learned that I wanted to teach them that because I dealt with so much fear about making mistakes at different points. Um, and saw basically how useless it is to be afraid of mistakes because you are not going to avoid them. You literally are not ever going, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to get better. You're going to make less mistakes maybe, but as you push yourself, you're always doing things that you've never done before. And when you do things you never did before, you make mistakes. It just happens. Right. Um, so I, I recognized in myself long ago that it was much more painful to fear making mistakes than to actually make the mistakes. Yeah, right. And then out of the world of improvisation, you know, we try to... Uh, embrace this idea that there are no mistakes, you know, because you, you, that that mistake might turn into the originality of a new idea, you know, um, yeah. which makes me think, you know, again, working, you, you mentioned you're, you're working on a canvas that is not your own. It's a wall that's already there. And within that wall, you've got a lot of variables and uh, restrictions that you're working with and working around. And, uh -huh. and I have to imagine for you as an artist, I guess in one perspective, you could, you could see it as an obstacle, but in another perspective, you could see it as, as a creative, kind of a creative confines that actually stimulates more creativity. What kinds of uh, variables are you talking about? You know, I'm even thinking of a wall where, you know, um, the wall the wall jets out in one location or, oh, yeah. you know, or you've got a radiator or an air conditioning unit or a window and you've got all these different things that you could look at and go, wow, I really wish that wasn't there instead yep. of thinking, huh, how am I going to make that work? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it becomes it becomes very natural, I think, to. Uh, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's true in, in art as it is with, with everything else in life. I think we're always, we're always looking around us to see what are the things that are shiftable and what are the things that are not shiftable. Um, where, for example, in a wall, uh, I'm going to be changing the color of the wall. Uh, I'm going to be changing the... the I'm going to be putting new ideas on that wall, but the air conditioning unit that's sticking out of the window is not going to change. Like, <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's not debatable. So, uh, then we have to see everything as it either just is how it is, or we're, we are going to actually see it as, as something to work with an advantage. I'm thinking of a, a mural I did last summer that had, it was a nice big, open wall but in one place kind of in, in the sweet spot of the wall um, there was an air conditioning unit um, sticking out and I realized after I had made the mural that that I kind of didn't even 
I didn't even see it as an interruption. I just saw it as that's how it was. And I ended up making somebody in the mural was sitting on top of the air conditioning unit. Oh, that's great. Uh, and, you know, it, it worked with the, with the composition perfectly, kind of because I didn't even see the air conditioning unit as, a, as an interruption. I was just like, that's just how it is. Um, and there's no explanation of why this guy is sitting on top of this air conditioning unit, you know, kind of floating in space. Um, but it just, you know, the, the piece of art works nicely because of that element. Um, and I think it's, it's always like that, you know, there's, there's, there's architect, architectural elements or, you know, different textures or whatever. Um, but they all can be seen as, uh, as an advantage. And I, and I have to imagine that's that's even more rewarding to you as an artist to to work with to work with and around those obstacles compared to you know when you when you're working on your own canvas that is you know for the most part you know uh, restriction free. Yeah, in, in fact, it, it you know a lot of my work feels like play, uh, as I know that that improv does. Yes. Um, I, I do have a pretty improvisational style in my in my art making process, um, and in some ways, a, a blank canvas with no with nothing like that feels a little flat to me. Uh, it's nice to have some things to respond to, just like having a conversation. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think and, and, and I know sort of uh, even science and research has, has proven in recent years that we as we as you know, we as people, we respond much more creatively and effectively when there is some confinement or structure around around our creativity compared to this open ended anything goes um, uh, mindset where we think that we have more possibilities. I mean, I guess in theory you do have more possibilities, but the the uh, infinitude of possibilities themselves actually uh, overwhelm our own creativity compared to having some structure that we have to be creative within. For sure. Uh, I, I find that I feel the most free when I have an idea that I'm working on. Um, and I can just work on that idea with all my passion and all my imagination and all my skills and tools, uh, as opposed to, I, I don't feel that free if I have a thousand ideas that I could choose from. Right. Um, I like to have an idea and proceed with that. And then I learn something new from that, from that project or whatever. And it moves on to the next one. I, I, I feel very much like I'm methodically following this creative thread uh, that just never runs out. Um, I really much prefer thinking of that. I'm on, I'm on a singular path and it leads where it leads and I'm making my choices as I go. But, um, I don't want, I don't want unlimited options. I want one path. Yeah. Great. Well, let's transition Alex, if we could, because I, I'm so really fascinated by it. Tell us about, uh, what the You Are Loved project is and, and how it came about. Yeah. Uh, so the You Are Loved project um, is a, a mural initiative that uh, I began about two and a half years ago um, where I make murals with 
organizations, schools, churches. I um, have one coming up at a prison soon. Um, all kinds of different different organizations that say uh, where the mural itself is words and design um, of these five messages. You are loved, you are needed, you are important, you are beautiful, and you can do it. Um, the idea, basically for me, is there's so much just relentless negativity of all kinds uh, sort of swirling around us, especially in public places, um, in advertising, in media, on the internet, you know, in movies and culture, all over the place. Lots of derogatory, mean uh, language and, and just feeling. Um, so in my desire to make, to be an artist who will actually, who can actually make a, a difference in hopefully like the most sensitive places that where people are living, um, I arrived at this <clears throat> idea of just cutting out being subtle about, about the things that at least I know I have most needed to, to know and feel about myself. Um, I was making a mural in an elementary school in New Orleans uh, about two and a half years ago, and the principal of that school was telling me that, that what she wanted these murals to do uh, was to help her create a feeling amongst the student body that they were safe and good and valuable. And so I thought, wow, that is a really important thing to... I wanted to really take this seriously. How do I actually make a mural that's going to make a child feel a little bit more of that? Um, so as I was working on this, this mural, the mural that we did at that time was kind of an abstract uh, color thing. But as, as I was working on it, I was just thinking, how do I do this? How do I, how do I make this child, help this child feel loved? And it just, it just kept coming to me. Just write it on the wall. <laughs> just, just don't be, don't be subtle. Uh, and I went to the principal and I said, "What if we just wrote it? What if we just said the things we want to say?" Uh, and she said, "Great." She said, "Let's do that." So in that first one, I just wrote it. You know, small. I wrote all five of those things, and it's <clears throat> you know a very small element within the larger mural. But when I finished that mural, I started to have dreams of. You know, the, each one of those statements, 14 feet tall and, and 45 feet long on the side of a public wall, you are loved. You know, that felt very powerful to me. The, the idea of, of people walking by dwarfed by those ideas, um, to have those, those, those just really pure, supportive ideas towering over us um, felt very powerful to me. Um, so in the last two and a half years, I have pursued... Um, making those and I think now in the last two and a half years I've made 15 mm. of those murals uh, so far in five states around the country and with lots more coming up um, especially I'm, I'm really excited about about this one that I'm doing in a prison uh, it'll be the second one that I've done in a prison and and um, you know 
places like that, you just, I don't think you can underestimate the power of a well-placed, confident uh, expression of the value of people despite, you know, whatever they're struggling with and whatever they might have done. And how have these how have these prison ones come about, Alex? Uh, you know, how are what's the connection that's that's sort of gotten you in the door uh, at a prison? And and I know you're getting ready to do another one, but the the prison that you've already done, um, yeah. what was the physical space for the location that you you were able to create the mural? Yeah, so uh, I I worked for seven years at a or I volunteered for seven years at a at a jail in Boston. Um, as a, as a spiritual volunteer. So I had a connection with uh, the Massachusetts State uh, Volunteer Coordinator in the Department of Corrections. Um, and so I, I just get his emails all the time about things that they need at various uh, uh, facilities around the state. And one of them, one time, was Bridgewater State Hospital needs, uh, needs a muralist. And I thought, oh, great, <laughs> that's me. Um, <laughs> So I followed up on that, and very it, it, it all fell into place pretty quickly. I suggested to them the You Are Loved idea, uh, and they were into it. And uh, so Bridgewater State Hospital is a facility for um, that houses people who, uh, who have been, gone to court for whatever thing and were either found not, not capable of making you know, good decisions because of mental impairment or they're there for psychological treatment or they're there for psychological testing, basically criminal psychological stuff. Sure. Um, uh, so it really seemed like an absolute bullseye for the You Are Loved project. Um, during my seven years of working at the jail, I really found... I mean, it was incredibly substantial to me uh, to see how much a person can be helpful and useful um, bringing a sense of valuing individuals in, in a place as dark and scary uh, and filled with you know shame and hatred and fear as a jail or a prison. Um, and uh, it really seemed like going to the belly of the beast with the most pure idea. Uh, <clears throat> so we organized it. I, uh, I worked with the volunteer coordinator at Bridgewater State Hospital, and uh, <clears throat> I had three uh, inmates working with me. Um, and we made a You Are Loved mural and a couple of other murals in this one hallway that was kind of like, it was the hallway where they had the library and the art room and the uh, the cafeteria and such. So uh, there were guys walking by the whole time we're working, and and uh, it was it was a really special, incredible week of working with these guys and talking with the other inmates. Um, again, there you know there was there was some some fear for me to get over because it's very easy for people to say to see the concept of the you are loved idea and to blow it off and say, you know, that's like real stupid um, or it's real cheesy or, or 
you know, that's not real life kind of thing. And the thing is, I know it is real life, and I feel co- absolutely committed to bringing it to real life and letting letting that message, which I believe is a very powerful message, do its work. And some people will blow it off and they won't care, but others' lives will be saved. I know it. Um, so when we went into the fear, or when it went into the prison, rather, there was some fear in me about, like, all these tough guys, not only the, the inmates, but the but even more so the staff, mm. um, are going to be rolling their eyes at this, like, hippy-dippy artist who <laughs> is going to come in and, like, tell everybody they're loved. Um, and I was, you know, as I started to, to make the design on the wall and the, and these like tough, um, officers are like walking by and they're checking me out and they're trying to see. And as, as it starts to become legible, I was like, okay, here we go. This is what I do. This is, this is my message. This is my, my life ministry here. Um, uh, and it just is what it is. You know, some people get it and some people don't, um, but in that case, I, I did, you know, I, I feel far enough along at this point that when I feel that fear, I mean, I knew what it was about. And it was, it was again, what are they going to think of me? They're going to think yeah. I'm, you know, something. They're going to think I'm a dummy. They're going to think I'm, I'm an idiot for some reason. <clears throat> um, and I, you know, inside myself, I very quickly said, okay, well, you know, they're going to think what they're going to think, but I am actually committed to this idea, and I do actually think it's a good idea. Um, so we proceeded, and and it was incredible. It was wonderful. Um, so, yeah. And you, you mentioned a second ago, Alex, that, uh, you know, this is my ministry, this is my message. When, when you think about yourself as an artist... Uh, Overall, how would you how would you define or articulate what that what that mission or that purpose is? Um, in a very general way, <clears throat> I think my goal uh, as an artist is I have found lots of meaning and depth and riches. In, in beauty, in stories, uh, in color, in poetry, um, you know, lots of really life-affirming stuff uh, that have, in dark times for me, been very centering and orienting um, and inspiring and, and uh, you know, have been, a, have been a light at the end of the tunnel for me lots of times, not to mention just, like, making life fun and beautiful in, in good times. Um, so <clears throat> I know that those things have an inherent ability to, to help people in ways that maybe talking can't or lots of other things can't, can't reach certain corners of, our, of ourselves, but art can reach those places. Um, so... I conceive of myself as I know that I have I have skills in terms of telling stories, making pictures, etc. So the the ultimate goal is to make something that's so beautiful, so meaningful that someone's going to see it and feel a new 
a new depth or a new kind of meaning um, that makes them go, oh, I, I get why I'm here or, or uh, just feel supported by the fact that beauty exists. So, so, you know, life isn't as bad as I thought it was. Um, or just like, that's beautiful. I love it. Uh, it feels good to be here kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just to be a support of, of, of life, I think. Great. And now I, I would love for you to share because I, I'm being sensitive to, uh, to your time here. But, um, one of the articles that you, that you, uh, wrote, uh, I thought was so powerful talking about how you had to sort of work through, uh, some depression and and how how your just your commitment to art and how going through that process helped you get through it. Can you tell us uh, what that experience was like for you? The experience of of working through depression. Yes. <clears throat> well, uh, I would say it was certainly the hardest thing I ever did. Um, <clears throat> it it really was. Uh, a matter of first saying, okay, things are going more wrong than they've ever gone before. I need to, I need to actually address this. Um, and then, um, over a matter of a few years, like just digging in to basically like I believe this will end at some point I don't know how um, but I have to believe that this will be over at some point so I'm going to continue doing the things that feel like they are moving in the right direction whether that be outward things or inward things um, but it certainly was a, a test to me in terms of uh, patience and perseverance and faith, um, a, a test of basically every, every, every virtue I think you can think of. Um, but ultimately it was, it was allowing that those things which affirm life, uh, will continue to be there. Uh, and ultimately will like win out over whatever this dark thing is, um, which is what happened. And, and kind of like, like the point about, uh, about turning away from how they're going to perceive me to the community, the, the depression thing was the same. It was something about that depression was, was, a, was a focus on myself. And that, more than anything, really, really, you know, there was no, there was no escaping the, the terrible feeling of being depressed without actually turning away from that, like, very magnetic feeling of, like, feeling sorry for myself or um, feeling like a victim uh, all kinds of things. I think, you know, that, that process of, of was a very brass tacks kind of like, are you going to live or are you going to die kind of thing? Uh, and it really just turned me away, turned me away from, from that, that magnetic ne negativity towards like, I want to be useful. I want to be loving. Uh, 
want to be happy. You know, real simple. And and tell me how that showed up when when you're you know you're working on your own art, you're working on some pieces, and you're standing in front of the canvas and. Yeah. And, and how did, how did that process of, of just having to be creative and artistic sort of help you get through the process? Right. So <clears throat> there was a, a, a real interesting process, you know, up until that time, I, I felt very dependent upon my emotions as the material for what I would make. Uh, if I was, if I had gone on a walk and saw a beautiful sunset, I would paint that feeling or that sunset. If I was feeling angry about something like I would make art that was angry it was very my my art was very emotion centric um and then when this depression descended upon me um I went to make art about how I was feeling but the feeling that I had was so dead so empty that no good art came from it and I was really adrift for some time because I thought what do I have? What's my source? What's my subject matter if it's not how I feel? Because it, it basically was a dead end at this point. Um, so in a very, like, really wilderness moment, I found myself searching for, there has to be more. There has to be somewhere, some source of, of ideas and inspiration that is beyond how I'm feeling. Hmm. Um, which was very strange and super disorienting. Um, but my desire to, to make things and to, see, and to find beauty was very, very strong. And I thank God for that because that desire really pushed me. It really, really pushed me. Um, so uh, I found myself just, just being open to you know what is out there that's good what is out there that's beautiful that's worth making a painting about uh and over time i found that there was just this like a new door opened up like deep down in my in myself that was just letting in beautiful ideas that had nothing to do with how i was feeling there were several times where i would be in a really bad day um and then I would go to the studio and I would kind of just open that door and, and like a really beautiful, gentle painting would come out that had, no, it was like the opposite of how I was feeling. Mm. And I found myself making these very sincere paintings that were comforting to me that weren't how I was feeling. And I, I was trying to think, wow, you know, who's making these paintings because I'm making paintings that don't reflect how I feel, but they're also not false. They're really, really true. Uh, and so over some time I, I started to just kind of discard the notion that I had to make paintings about, about emotions. And I just flung that inner door open and said, you know, I'm really most interested in these deep, deep, deep paintings that don't have actually very much to do with how I'm feeling in my surface emotions, um, but are just from this this other creative source that is basically independent of like how my day to day life is going, and that's how I've worked ever since. 
Interesting. It's it's uh, a, a friend and mentor of mine, Alex. He uh, has an expression uh, where he'll say, "What does what does <laughs> what does your feeling have to do with it?" You know, like oh, I, you know, whether it's like, "Hey, I know I I know I should go for a run today, but I don't feel like it." You know, like, well, what what does your feeling have to do with it? And 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 I and I love for you how there's there's such a clear you have such a you have such a clear commitment and purpose to bringing beauty and inspiration to the world. And that's what, yeah. that's what you're about. Re- uh-huh. And it was almost like for you, it's like, regardless of how I feel <laughs> today, this is what I'm about. And, and it, yeah. it's, it's like you were able to tap into that. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And, you know, I, I, the shift that, that comes from that was, was global in my life. You know, it wasn't just art. It was like realizing, oh, well, this this material emotions that I thought was everything is basically much more superficial than this other thing. Right. And and then I start to say, okay, well that's true in all of life. You know, there there are these deeper movements that are that are happening, um, and I want to I want to be aware of that and not be caught up in you know, this feeling or that feeling that's passing with, with every minute or hour or day. And really, you know, not just in art, but in every aspect of my life, be sensitive to these deeper currents that are happening. Right. All right, Alex. Well, last question here, and then uh, I'll let you go to, to make the world yeah. a more beautiful place. <laughs> um, but uh, there's a lot of people out there, myself included, uh, when it comes to when we think of traditional art, uh, be it be it painting, drawing, music, uh, uh, God did not seem to smile down on me uh, in those areas. Uh, <laughs> I know there's a lot of people who don't feel so so naturally sort of artistically gifted in the arts. What what idea or what inspiration do you have for us? Uh, as far as being able to embrace that, even though we don't feel a strong sense of aptitude in that area? Well, I think first we can begin by really broadening our definition of what art is. Yeah. Um, you know, I love, I love jokes. I'm not a professional comedian, but I really love to make jokes and hear them. Uh, and I participate in that. Um, and I think lots of people are like that. Uh, so like, what if we just considered having a sense of humor in daily life art? Um, I think so much of it is just about, about being willing to accept that a sense of, uh, intuition and feeling can go, can go anywhere, can go with us into an office, can go with us to the grocery store. Um, really art is so much less about being able to accurately draw somebody or paint paint a, a realistic picture of a face than it is about having a familiarity and a, an ease with, with feeling. Uh, you know, poetry and painting and sculpture uh, and, and writing a play, you know, all these things are important to humanity because they... They help us see our own feelings, feel our own feelings. Um, and the thing is, we all have feelings. Um, <clears throat> I think any artist has to become familiar and 
either not afraid of or less afraid of the feeling of being alive and has to embrace that the feeling of being alive is something interesting and substantial um, and, and worth paying attention to. Um, so I think the more any of us just in a interested way pay attention to our feeling about what it is to be alive, we will find ourselves being more artful. Uh, I don't think it's, it's, a, it's a thing that people get afraid of just like people get afraid of, of being bad at math. You know, we we say I'm this way or I'm that way, so I'm not inclined in this direction. So like I better not try that. Um, which of course, you know, it's always wrong. Those those limitations are never, uh, or putting those labels on ourselves are never right. Okay, so you don't feel comfortable with art. That's that's fine, and I and I get it. I, I there's lots of things I don't feel comfortable with, but I think it's it's true that it's just about becoming a little bit less afraid of. Uh, whatever it is, of, of looking foolish, you know, to ourselves or others. Uh, and then we become a little more familiar with it, and it makes a little bit more sense uh, because we are not as afraid as we were before. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we can all use a little bit of encouragement outside of our comfort zone and the the, gro- yeah. the growth and inspiration that comes as we as we allow ourselves to venture out and be vulnerable and and uh, and, as you mentioned, to fail to fail and, and to embrace it and to learn from it and to, uh, uh, to see what happens as a result. So, well, Alex, this has been fantastic. I mean, the, the time flew by and we didn't even talk once about your music, which, uh, we're going to have to save that for another podcast, which means we'll have to do another podcast. Sounds good to me. Uh, but to everyone who's listening, I'm going to include a link to, to Alex and his, uh, uh, his artworks as well as his music. And uh, you can find out more about him and, and how to be in, in contact with him. Alex, any uh, uh, social media, any, any preference in social media for people connecting with you? Uh, you can find the, the You Are Loved project on Facebook. Um, that's probably the best way to start, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, Alex, thanks so much for your time. I know I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. Thank you so much, Travis. It's been really fun. Excellent. And to all of you guys listening, thanks for uh, tuning in to the weekly yap and have a wonderful, wonderful yes and day. Open the door.